sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Leap Lap Radio, powered by Victory Custom Trailers, starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Leap Lap, the Southeast's home for motorsports coverage. Uh, my name is Tom Baker. I am happy to be back for another episode with you talking about Southeast racing. And we kind of extend a little bit uh, when we consider Southeast. If you're listening to this for the first time to the show, we uh, actually consider Carolinas, Virginia, Tennessee. Uh, that's kind of our Southeast region for purposes of this show. We always uh, do like to talk about some of the folks in Georgia as well as often as we can. And we try to mix things up a little bit because we we love to talk about everything at every track and every division. But, of course, that would require um, a very, very long show that none of you would listen to. So uh, we, uh, we've focused uh, here lately on the summer shootout. We're going to continue to do that this week because we like to highlight the next gen as well as the uh, current gen of stars um, on the racetrack. So um, we're going to hear from a few of them. Again, this week, Cameron Boland picked up the win in a hotly contested uh, semi-pro race. Really, really good race, <clears throat> excuse me, in that division. And Cameron picked up the win. He also has been uh, doing some late model racing off and on. Uh, so a lot of you know him. He is from South Carolina. Uh, Cameron's a good young shoe. So we'll hear from him. We're going to hear from Ethan Norfleet, uh, who actually is in the pro division for the Legends Cars at the shootout. Ethan's from Kentucky, and uh, we're going to hear from him for the first time, talk to him about his strong run on Tuesday night, and also Parker Eatman, uh, two in a row now in Young Lions. So good, good job for Parker Eatman, and excited about um, – what he's doing and uh, be able to uh, we'll hear from him as well and our featured guest is middle tennessee racing news journalist chris slater and chris uh is going to fill us in on what's going on in the volunteer state both on pavement and on dirt we're going to talk mostly dirt but um there is a big big event coming up uh in nashville here with the indy cars etc and uh, Chris and I shared uh, some conversation about that, too. So um, we're going to hear from them and also going to talk about the Carolina Sizzler that happened last week. I had a chance to I watched both nights uh, Saturday night. I watched on uh, Grassroots Sports TV uh, Sunday night. I was actually there in person and uh, I loved it. I thought it was a great show, especially for the first uh, attempt uh, and we heard from Dalton Lamb, the promoter, on last week's lead lap. So uh, I want to do some follow-up conversation about that as well. So we're going to do all of that in due course. But uh, what we're going to do right now is step aside. When we come back, we're going to start things off with Chris Slater and talk about racing in the great state of Tennessee. We'll be back to get this lead lap show presented by Victory Custom Trailers started right after this. Victory Custom Trailers is the place to go for your next new or used trailer or coach. Being personally involved in the racing community allows Victory to fully understand what racers need in a trailer. They have over 200 coaches and trailers in stock for a variety of industries, and they can serve anyone in the continental U.S. If you're looking for something custom, they can assist in designing a trailer to fit your needs. 
Check out their entire inventory online at VictoryCustomTrailers.com. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by Victory Custom Trailers. Joining us now for the first time is uh, a new friend of mine uh, who's actually an old friend um, to uh, those in Tennessee who turn left, especially on the dirt, but on the pavement as well. Uh, Chris Slater is with us now from Middle Tennessee Racing News, and uh, it's good to have you on, Chris. Appreciate uh, you taking some time to join us on Lee Lap and talk a little bit about uh, racing in Tennessee. Before we do that, though, why don't you give our audience a little bit about yourself and um, you know how you kind of got to where you are with regard to motorsports and the media. Well, I, uh, I covered dirt racing for a, a local newspaper here in, in the Nashville area, the Middle Tennessee Racing News. And, uh, I, you know, it's how I got started. I, you know, just been a fan all my life, uh, going to racetracks with my dad. And uh, and then as far as how I got started in the paper, uh, it was all just by chance. Uh, my wife helped build a crate late model uh, here in southern Middle Tennessee. And uh, we went to uh, Duck River Raceway Park on a Friday night. Uh, and her job at the track was the video the driver to see, you know, so he can go back, look, check his lines and, and all that good stuff. Well, we just happened to catch a big wreck, a couple of cars bro rolling down the front stretch. Okay. And the, the owner of the Middle Tennessee Racing News was there, uh, Terrell Davis, and he asked us, did y'all get that on video? He's like, yeah. And he said, can you send it to me? So we sent it to him. He posted it. And, you know, he was like, you know, I see you at a lot of these things. A lot of these races, uh, I need somebody to cover dirt racing for. You'd be interested. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know. Uh, so that's how it started, just by chance. And then uh, we videoed for him. And then after a year went by, I was like, you know what, let me try something else. Let me do some riding. So start out doing uh, driver interviews, uh, writing those. Did that for a couple of years. And then uh, I'm very opinionated, so I figured – you know, a column would be pretty good. So I've been writing a column on my second year, uh, writing a column. Wow. Very nice. Love that. Uh, paying your dues, so to speak. Uh, you know, doing the all-around thing, writing and uh, video and, and whatever else. That's uh, that's awesome. Um, and it's great to see that um, actual racing papers still exist. There are a few that I know about. Auto Racing News, obviously probably the biggest one. Uh, we've got uh, Late Model Digest here uh, in in our area, and then you've got uh, your paper there in Tennessee. That's awesome. Um, talk a little bit about the scene in Tennessee this year. I mean, obviously, we're all just – this is our comeback year, right? Uh, last year, not a good year really for anybody. And even those tracks that raced, um, you know, I mean, arguably were less successful in one way or another. So this is the first year that's kind of the comeback year. So, uh, you know, what has been your overall observation of the health of racing in the volunteer state? Well, uh, actually, I think it's a little down from last year. You know, last year we didn't miss a whole lot of racing. Oh, uh, really? We started back, you know, middle of May. Oh, wow. And and so car counts were huge last year. Fan count was huge last year. You know, everybody realized how much they missed racing and how much they missed the racetrack. Um, and then this year, you know, we dealt with different challenges, uh, part shortages, tire shortages, uh, especially with uh, crate motors. Yeah, uh, that's – shortage of yeah. a, a crate motor. So as far as our weekly racing goes, you know, guys are 
you know, keeping the cars on jack stands for a lot of the time for wow. weekly shows and, you know, bringing them out for the extra money shows. So, but fan count's been really good. Um, you know, we went to, uh, I covered a memorial race for a young lady who lost her life, uh, one of our local tracks a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, our top class was 602 late models. So we wouldn't run supers or any steel heads or anything, but okay. the crowd was, I mean, it was three-quarter full, and, which was really good to see. Yeah, it's good to see the people back. Um, interesting that uh, the car counts have been so uh, so down. Um, certainly... I'll give you a little example. Uh, one of our local tracks, Duck River Raceway Park. Yeah. You know, in the past, our Crate Racing USA Street Stock Division has been one of our most popular classes, drawing. 15, 17, you know, even 20 on some regular Saturday night shows. You know, this year it's been five, six, wow. seven. So it, it's, the, the part shortages, tire shortages really hurt, you know, weekly racing. But, you know, the fans are still coming out, which is which is a good sign that the fans are still willing to support these tracks, even with a little bit lower car count than normal. Yeah, it is great, um, and I think the fans have been forgiving because I think they understand it's not lack of desire on the driver's part. It's just lack of available parts. Um, you know, the tires have certainly hurt everybody. I mean, I um, I went to Bowman Gray when they first opened uh, over here in North Carolina, um, and the Modifieds were on two-year-old rubber the, the first night. I mean, that's just, you know, you're running on a hockey puck at that point. Um just crazy the uh you know the effect that uh policy and the economy and such has had on on uh you know on the sport in so many different ways and um it's just really making it tough sledding for everybody but um you know like i said i think the fans are are being quite forgiving uh, what have you seen um what 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 are you seeing as a trend as we go into the deeper part of the summer here, do things look like they're improving at all, or are we still, you think we're going to be in this uh, shortage for a while? Uh, you know, it depends on who you talk to. You know, you hear some people, you know, saying that, you know, things are going to get a little better as far as parts. and Yeah. You know, yeah, series and section and bodies are also planning ahead to, uh, you know, the crate racing uh, USA uh, came out, I think, yesterday. Uh, with a uh, uh, rule amendment, H500 tires, which is what our modifieds and our street stocks run. Okay. So they can get more races out of tires. Uh, they ruled back earlier for the uh, late model guys where they can start grooving and siphoning again uh, to get more life out of their tires, um, which is real. It's helpful because I got a, one of our local drivers named Christian Hanger. He uh, won three straight crate races on the same tires. Wow. So, uh, you know, things like that and just being smart, you know, don't, nobody don't go hoard them. And, and as long as we do things like that, just be smart. And but these tracks maybe kind of be a little more lenient on certain things to help the drivers out, uh, you know, should put us in a good spot as we get towards, uh, our money races at the end of the year. Good. Yeah, it, uh, and and I just I love there are so many tracks in Tennessee that I just love. I just love Taswell. I just love Bulls Gap, Volunteer Speedway. Um, you know, there there you've got some of the 
the the neatest dirt tracks in the region. And, you know, I'm really thankful to hear that the fans are supporting, uh, even if the car count isn't where it needs to be, because at least that way the tracks remain healthy. Um, because what they're not getting at the back gate, you know, they're they're making up for at the front gate, which is really good. Yeah, it's always good to see a healthy uh, front gate. I, a lot of times I'd almost rather see a healthier front gate than back gate. Yeah. You know, because it's what's greater for the sport. You know, if the front gate's healthier, then eventually it'll trickle down being the back gate because, you know, if you're making more money, bringing in more money to the front, you may add a little purse money and a little more incentives to the drivers, and, of course, then the drivers will show up. Oh, and for so, sure. Uh, Aside from um... – Obviously, the, the the part shortages, the negative, uh, you know, what's been positive? Uh, we talked about the fans. What are some of the positive on-track stories that you've observed so far in this season in Tennessee? Who's hot? And, uh, you know, what, what's been the uh, – what have been the, the big stories so far to date in the season? Uh, I think the support of super late models uh, here in the middle Tennessee area has gone up. Uh, we had – 23 signed in at Thunder Hill last week okay. for a 4,000 win show. And a, couple, a few months ago, we actually had a uh, two tracks within probably an hour and a half, both running 10,000 win shows, and both tracks drew 26, 28 cars. Nice. Uh, which a couple years ago, that would have been the case. You know, we've had, you know, four or 5,000 win races only draw 13, 14, 15 cars. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the, super, the seeing the super late model car count grow, uh, our modified car counts growing as more people are getting them. Uh, some of our smaller divisions are not growing like you want to see, but our wide tire divisions are doing really well uh, right now. Well, that's good. I mean, and again, I think some of that ebbs and flows just naturally. Uh, you know, it's kind of cyclic at times, but, um, you know, definitely good to hear that uh, the, the wide wide body uh, cars are doing well. Um, what have we got coming up, um, you know, in the next uh, month or, or so in terms of shows that we should be paying attention to? Uh, I mean, again, it, we're already to mid-July, which I can't believe, so... You know, talk about, uh, say, you know, the next few weeks as we look toward, you know, end of July and August and, uh, you know, obviously up to the Labor Day weekend, which kind of uh, I think is the next kind of bellwether that we all look at to say, well, everything after Labor Day is the big fall show, even if it's not fall yet. Well, here locally, we got a big show July 30th and 31st, uh, King of the Hill crate uh, race at uh, Thunder Hill Raceway Park, sanctioned by the uh, Crate Racing USA late model series, uh, $10,000 uh, to win for 604 crates, which is a huge payday uh, for crates. Uh, last year, it drew 47 cars. Wow. Great show. Uh, so we look forward to that. In the middle of August, we got what we call the Street Stock Nationals down in Mississippi. Oh, cool. And I happened to go to it last year due to COVID, actually presented an opportunity to go down there and cover that race. And it drew... 130 street stocks. Wow. And another 117 or so factory stocks. So, uh, and, and to, as last count, I've seen there was at least 58 or 59 street stocks uh, pre-entered. Already. Wow. That's, so that's a, a, 
130 cars. That's a huge deal. Then, yeah, I guess. Uh, wow. And to talk a little asphalt, uh, we got uh, August eighth uh, at the Nashville or seventh at the Nashville Fairgrounds. We got wing sprint cars going to be come back to the Nashville Fairgrounds. I'm excited about that. What? Uh, first of all, let's back up a second. What uh, track in Mississippi is that big street stock uh, race running at? It's a Why Not Motorsports Park. In, ah, uh, okay. Just just outside of Meridian, uh, Mississippi. So if you want more information on that, uh, go to the website uh, or go to their Facebook page, and you can kind of, I would imagine, you can keep track of the entries right on the Facebook page. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a pretty stacked field. It's a, They start 33 cars, or, yeah, 33 cars. Three what They start them three wide. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a 5,000 win show. It, it is it is crazy from the driver intros to the to the whole weekend it is, it is a it's a great time that's awesome uh, okay so let's go back to nashville now and talk sprint cars uh and uh what which division is that that's coming to nashville that's interesting to get sprint cars back to the fairgrounds um i'm not real sure i haven't really seen any any hype about it uh but i'm assuming it's the uh if you remember Davy Hamilton, okay, yeah, Indy, King of Wings, Indy car driver. King of Wings series. Is that what yeah, he kind of started okay. his own wing series. Yeah, King of Wings. Year, before yep. last, and I believe it's them. Okay, wow, that's going to be fun. I've never seen sprint cars at the fairgrounds. I've only seen stock cars. Uh, sprint cars on that track would be a whole lot of fun to watch. I think. Well, we had uh, back in the early two thousands the USAC cars. Uh, we're down there. Okay. Tracy Hines went around that place at 16 and a half seconds. Oh, wow. Fine. And then I remember as a kid, there was about eight or nine of them that showed up uh, to race. I don't I don't remember, you know, the series. Yeah. When you were a kid, you don't remember all the details. You think these are really freaking cool. Yeah. And then they had a USCS uh, sprint car down there hot lapping one night as a kind of a just – promoting a race that was locally okay yeah well that would be fun that's uh again uh you know a great opportunity to see see a different kind of racing at the fairgrounds and um you know that uh, that should be a good show and you said that was mid-august middle of august, august 7th august 7th okay mm-hmm. all right so uh i think that's three weeks basically from uh when we're taping this about two and a half um, it's the same weekend as the uh, Music City Grand Prix. Oh, wow. Okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that is uh, the IndyCar races that weekend. So that's uh, that's good timing to have sprint cars at Nashville. That should be a lot of fun. Um, and I'm real curious to see what this uh, Grand Prix deal does. I, You know, I'm not necessarily a big street course guy um, because a lot of them, there's just not enough room to pass, and it tends to be Mm -hmm. just single file. Um, This one intrigues me because it's Nashville, number one, and number two, you're going over a bridge. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I hope they've got really, really, really high safety guards on the uh, walls of those bridges uh, because IndyCar's can launch once in a while. I'd hate to see one of them end up in the river. That that, that would not be good. No. They're running the stadium super trucks on Saturday. 
So depending on where they put them jumps at that they do is going to be real interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's avoid putting a jump on the bridge, shall we? Uh, they put on a great show too, and that that should be a fun weekend. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, we'll have to see how the you know the quality of the racing itself is for the Indy cars, but uh, should be a fun weekend uh, nonetheless to be in Nashville. And I just love Music City. I mean, motorsports in the Music City. Uh, you know, we don't have to even discuss the depth of that relationship. And I was so excited to see NASCAR come back to the big track, the super speedway. I always love that track. And, um, I mean, that was one of the best weekends of NASCAR racing we've had in a long time there at that track. And I know they're still trying to figure out something with the fairgrounds to make that happen there. And I hope they do. And this Grand Prix deal, um, you know, for the Indy cars is is going to be a good deal too. I think. I think that uh, you know, again, who knows about the quality of the race, uh, but it's going to be a huge event, and that's what's important. We need to, you know, to get people out and get people exposed to the sport. And um, you know, I'm really intrigued to see how that goes. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. Are you going to get to go cover that one? Uh, yes, my uh, my credentials got approved for it. Uh earlier this week so Good i will be you. there uh my plan is to watch the stadium super trucks on saturday and then beat feet over to the fairgrounds to catch the saturday night program over there and then go back for the uh indycar race on sunday nice i've never been to an indycar race so it's gonna be pretty cool well to see those machines oh yeah yeah you'll you'll love that and uh hope that you get to uh you know, talk with some of the drivers too, because there's 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 a lot of personality in the IndyCar series this year, um, and uh, you know the young talent is just off the charts right now. Uh, it's if you're, it's a great time to be an IndyCar fan because you're seeing the emergence of the future of IndyCar with some of these guys. Uh, you know, and and so uh, Renus VK and Alex Polo and you know. Uh, Colton Herta, some of these, you know, these drivers are just great drivers, and they're really uh, fun personalities. Of course, Joseph Newgarden is from the area, so uh, mm-hmm. you know that that uh, this would be a good time for the Penske cars to kind of uh, remind everybody that uh, Roger owns them because <laughs> they've had an off year this year. So, it'd be a good time for Joseph to get up there and and get one. Um, but uh, yeah, that should be a lot of fun. We'll have to get you back on after that weekend and uh you know and get your thoughts on you know how that all went and and have you kind of help us wrap that up because uh we you know we focus on mostly the uh the southeast short tracks but that's a big event in the region and um you know love to definitely love to have you uh talk with us about it once it's over and share your your thoughts on the experience of being a part of it all because that's that's just going to be a glorious weekend to be over there in nashville yeah, and if you've never been to Nashville, this is this would be a good weekend to uh, venture out over here and you know watch a race and hit Broadway after. Oh, for and have sure. A good time. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, okay, so uh, before we let you go, uh, how do people follow or find or subscribe to or you know what's the process by which we uh, get more familiar with Middle Tennessee racing news? Uh, we got our Facebook page, uh, Middle Tennessee Racing News. Uh, our website was supposed to launch months ago. Uh, for whatever reason, it hasn't. 
Uh, we're trying to get to the bottom of of why our website <laughs> hasn't launched yet. We're not very happy about it when yeah. you pay the type of money it takes to put up a website and it's not launched on time. So yeah, that is currently still in the works. Um, so right now, just the Middle Tennessee Racing News uh, Facebook page. We do everything on there until that website uh, gets launched. Gotcha. Well, uh, everybody go to Middle Tennessee Racing News, give them a like or a follow, however that's set up, and, um, and and make sure that you keep up with what's going on in Tennessee. There are some awesome tracks and some great racing over there, uh, a ton of talent, both on dirt and pavement, uh, a lot of history, too. Uh, you and I, I'm sure, could have a whole uh, whole 20-minute segment on just the history of some of those tracks over there in Tennessee. So, um you know, that would be fun to do sometime. But, uh, Chris Slater, welcome to WeLap. Thank you for uh, taking the time. And uh, uh, we're going to be hearing from Chris more as we uh, uh, get on with future WeLap shows here. Chris will become kind of one of our insiders that uh, will keep us up to date when uh, when we can get him and talk to him about uh, the big things that are going on over there in the volunteer state as part of our southeast regional coverage here on We Lap. So, Chris, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you having me. That is Chris Slater, and we'll be back with more of We Lap right after these words. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is now. We are back on Lead Lab, presented by Victory Custom Trailers, and time to talk some Legends cars, because we like to do that during the summer shootout, most especially, but uh, really any time is good. I always enjoy a good Legends car race. The summer shootout is a great place to be on Tuesday nights. Monday nights are practice, with the exception of next Monday, and we'll tell you about that in a little while. Uh, Monday night is practice, so no fans. But Tuesday nights, fans are encouraged to come out for the racing action. And uh, this is round seven, is what it was. Uh, Round number seven of the summer shootout. Uh, If you hear me say round six in one of the interviews, just ignore it. Uh, (laughs) By that time of the night on Tuesday night, sometimes the aging brain just kicks off for a minute. But um, it was round number seven of the summer shootout this past Tuesday. And sadly, some nights, because you've got a lot of young drivers with a lot of adrenaline and a mix of experience and coaching tactics and, you know, uh, frankly, just some some really foolhardy people on the radios talking to these kids during the races in some cases, um, encouraging them to be way too aggressive. Um, you know, it. Uh, some nights are bad. Some nights are good. Some nights are just okay. And the last couple of weeks have been really good. In fact, last week, round six, 
we actually were done by nine o'clock in the evening, which is extraordinarily early. Um, and then you have nights like uh, the other night, round seven, where uh, everybody just, uh, you know, the drivers uh, strap the helmets on a little too tight. It uh, cuts off the good sense coming from the brain to the body. And uh, we have a lot of crashes and you only have a couple or three races that actually get all their laps in. Thankfully, the races do have time limits. So, um, you know, and it, but it's always a shame because you always want to see uh, the racing be good and you want to see the kids do well and get all their laps in. It's a shame to see, you know, a race that gets only uh, 12 laps out of 25 or, you know, whatever, uh, because, you know, they just couldn't stop crashing and the time limit expires. So um, it's it's tough on those nights to watch. Um, but I don't want to paint the entire night with a black brush, nor do I want to paint every driver who raced the other night with a, you know, black brush, because in fact, um, the, uh, the majority of the drivers did a great job across the board. And there was a lot of good racing in between the crashes, you know, even in some of the worst classes. Um, now, you know, some of the divisions like the pro race, Caleb Hetty walked away with that again. Um, Caleb, I think, uh, basically just needs to, um, you know, take the green and, and finish the next uh, three races in the series, the final three, and he'll, uh, he'll have the championship in the pro class locked up. I don't even know if he needs to get to the last race. He may be able to, to lock it up. Uh, next week is a doubleheader, so you go out and you finish in the top couple in the doubleheader, and you probably have enough points to win the championship right there without uh, hardly even starting the last race. But um, with that being said, um, you know, for the most part, the racing was still really good, just interrupted too much by, you know, um, a lot of kind of senseless accidents that didn't need to happen. And, um, you know, in some cases, drivers spinning and then waiting until the caution comes out to drive away, which, you know, is always kind of a, bothersome thing too i get it from their standpoint they don't want to be half a lap back of the leaders but at the same time you know you uh hold the show up and eat the time limit eat the time up so at any rate um enough of pontification we had some great racing like i said we talked to three winners um actually two winners and a podium finisher top five finisher uh the two winners that we talked to both did a really nice job to win their events uh, two in a row, in fact, now for Parker Eatman. So we're going to hear from him again. Um, and then we also caught up with the winner of the semi-pro feature, Parker won Young Lions. We caught up with Cameron Boland, who won the semi-pro feature. And that one was one that, um, you know, again, just way too much aggression in that race. It's unfortunate because there's a ton of talent in that division and when those guys and girls race cleanly there's probably seven or eight of them at least that could win um sadly trevor wester was probably in position to make it two in a row uh the other night and ended up getting taken out um on you know the the last uh restart uh the last uh, second to last restart and cameron bowen ended up winning um but cameron did a good job and again good racer um, comes from a great family 
and uh, so happy to, to, to talk to him. Uh, and then uh, we, we mentioned that we uh, also talked to the Young Lions winner, Parker Eatman, and we caught up also with uh, Ethan Norfleet, who races in the pro division, and I think Ethan had a car to win the other night, but again, that, you know, the pro race, just too many accidents. We lost, you know, three or four cars in that race because of wrecks and, and just um, way too much, uh, way too much crazy aggression in that race. Um, but uh, we're going to hear from all three of these drivers back to back. First, we're going to hear from Young Lions winner Parker Eatman, then semi-pro winner Cameron Bolin, and then Ethan Norfleet, uh, who had a good run in the pro division. And uh, we're going to hear from all of them back to back right now. Here we go. Well, well, Parker Eatman, here you are again at Victory Lane in Charlotte. Talk about that one. Well, two in a row. I mean, it feels really good. Uh, had to get it on the last lap. A little nervous. You know, we led the whole race. Had a really good car. Thanks to Corey. Um, but thank, thank God we got it going. I was really nervous on that last lap, but got it done. Okay, now the big question is, you got a lot of running on your uniform, but can you remember them all in your head? Who helped you make all this happen? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank my parents. I wouldn't be here without them, but uh, all my sponsors, Southern Bank, Robbins Insurance, uh, Twin County, and Big Rock, I wouldn't be here without them. They put a lot of effort into making me go fast each week. Well, you got a, a few rounds left here. Uh, you think you got something to finish the sweep? I hope so. I hope. I mean, I, I'm uh, in the championship lead by a couple, like 20, 20 plus points now. Uh, hoping I can finish that off and get my first summer shootout belt. You're in a very uh, highly competitive class of the Young Lions. Talk about racing with uh, Bevan and the rest of those guys. So, yeah, it's just been good. I mean, we've traveled all around each year, and we always see Bevan and Ruggiero each week, and it's been uh, really good racing with them, you know, every week, everywhere we go. That's Parker Eatman, another win tonight at Charlotte. Looking forward to round seven coming up. Cameron Bowen, you did it again. Man, that was a wild and woolly last few laps of that semi-pro race. Man, I tell you, I, mean, yeah, I, I had that same nervous feeling last last Thursday night in Lanier, and I had it again tonight. And, uh, must mean something, because um, we had a heck of a race car tonight. And got to capitalize on it. Um, that was fun. You know, I, I was down, and I was out, and I was back to the front, and I was down, and I was out. And, um, wound up, wound up in. So uh, we'll take it. It's a good night for us. Uh, guess it was just meant to be. You guys uh, were doing a lot of rooting and gouging there in the closing laps of that one, and you happened to be in the right place at the right time to make the right move on the last possible lap. Yeah, I, just, I knew I had to go. Uh, I couldn't roll over and play dead. Um, and I what? And I, I don't, I don't do that for CJ. I don't do that for Robbie Jones, who owns the race car. And it's just uh, we were hooked up tonight. Well, tell us uh, the reason why you were hooked up, all those people that help you be hooked up. Everybody at 860 Motorsports is uh, working tirelessly on this thing. Uh, this is win number 13 for the year, so um, we've been lucky. We've been good. Um, just needed a combination of both here at Charlotte, and uh, finally paid off tonight. Any other sponsors or anybody to thank? Jones Utilities, um, LRD LLC, and uh, RPM Performance for the clip. Okay, in the uh, garage area, once again, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, round six of the summer shootout, Ethan Norfleet is the driver in front of me. Ethan runs in the pro division. Another good run for you, Ethan. I feel like you're this close to a win, and uh, things one of these weeks are going to go your way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we definitely had the fastest car tonight. Um, I mean, just a, a lot of tough 
tough racing, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out, but we're definitely going to be fighting for the win these next few weeks. How old are you now? Uh, I'm 16. And where are you from? Um, Somerset, Kentucky. Talk a little bit about your evolution as a racer. How'd you start and where you want to go with this? Uh, well, I grew up in a home where uh, my family just loved racing, and one day I just asked if I could uh, get into a bando, and uh, now I'm here. And so now you're in the Legends car. Do you have uh, you have a goal of moving up further, or are you happy just to kind of do it as a hobby and do something else as a living? Um, well, we're hoping to go up a few levels, uh, like late models, and hopefully find a sponsor and something, and hopefully get into the bigger leagues. Talk a little bit about uh, what the rest of the summer is for you. I know you're going to finish out the shootout. What happens after that as far as your racing? Um, we're, we just take it one step at a time. I mean, we don't really know, but uh, we'll see. Okay, I know you don't have a long list of sponsors because you're looking for some, but uh, who does help you make all this happen? Uh, mostly my dad, um, Corey Gordon. So there you have it. Uh, there's three of the uh, up-and-coming racers that uh, are featured every week on Tuesday nights during the summer at the summer shootout. And again, I mentioned that um, Monday nights are practice except for next week. Well, that's because next week is actually a double header. It's round eight and round nine. Monday night will be round eight, so there will be a race on Monday. And then Tuesday, round nine, fans at both this time because, again, both nights are actual racing. So uh, also don't forget that uh, if you can't make it to the track and if you're in the Charlotte area, please come out and enjoy it in person. Uh, but if uh, you're not in the immediate Charlotte area, Lake Norman area, you know, area of North Carolina where you can easily get there on a Monday or a Tuesday night um, or anywhere else in the country that you may be or across the world for that matter, you can watch the racing live on NBC's Track Pass. Uh, same place you get all your NASCAR and ARCA and a lot of IndyCar and all kinds of other good stuff. Uh, you can get the uh, summer shootout now, too. So just go to uh, Track Pass, go to NBC Sports Gold, look it up, uh, and uh, sign up for Track Pass, just a few bucks a month, and you get all kinds of racing. You can watch the shootout live in its entirety, and uh, should be uh, an interesting doubleheader this coming week. Hopefully uh, the weather holds off. It's been good so far. I'm going to knock some wood here while I'm talking to you. And... Um, you know, we get both nights in, and that'll, that ought to set up a real interesting round 10 the following week to conclude the series. So make sure that you go check it out. Again, my compliments to Graham Smith and the entire staff of the shootout because um, they have done a really nice job this year, not only of getting the shows run off in a timely manner, even on nights when the drivers don't cooperate and they crash too much, um, but... They have also tweaked some different things within the program to hopefully in, in, induce better racing and just make the show better for the fans as well. I think it's been a great series overall, to be honest. And again, when I talk about, you know, having a bad night or too much crashing, it's just what I observe. You know, I, I call it as I see it. It's just what I observe. It is not... Um, it's something that should keep people from going to a shootout race or watching a shootout race. Um, you know, just part of the, the commentary, good or bad. And like I said, the last couple of weeks have been really good. The other night, not so much. So uh, it, it happens that way when you're dealing with up-and-coming racers and, again, a mix of experience 
uh, too, because even in the, a division like the Young Lions, for example, um, you've got some first-year legends racers racing with racers that have been there for two, three years even in some cases. So, um, you know, that uh, that just means that there's, you know, more possibility for um, – you know, for things to, to occur sometimes. So overall, though, been a really, really, really good year, I think, for the for the summer shootout. And I'm looking forward to the last three rounds for sure. So um, check them out either in person or on Track Pass. And next week, doubleheader, Monday and Tuesday both, Monday night and Tuesday night both. Um, the uh, qualifying starts at 5 o'clock both nights. And then uh, features follow usually around 6.30 or 7. They start. And they just, once they start, they run them right off. And so uh, it's not usually a very late night. It certainly hasn't been. I think there was only one of those this year, perhaps, maybe two, out of the uh, series so far. Most of them have been, you know, between 9 and 10. It's over. So, um, you know, not a late night at all. And a lot of good racing. A lot of really, really quality people. Um, You know, not just uh drivers but families as well and like i said graham smith has taken over uh the u.s legend cars direction and um he's done a really good job of listening to people and listening to feedback and he and his staff layla and the rest of them you know really really good about um you know taking that feedback and adjusting where needed so um definitely excited about all that okay um another show at charlotte that i was really excited about happened this past weekend and it was a first this one was on the dirt track and it was called the carolina sizzler dalton lamb and his group from grassroots sports tv that's gr sports tv uh sorry gr sports dot tv if you're uh um looking it up on the uh world wide web um did a really nice job for and again this was a case of you know, a rookie promoter in as far as uh, a race of this magnitude. And, you know, you're, you're trying to do a lot in one day. So Saturday was a bit over ambitious. Plus they had a rain shower um, that, that happened as well. Uh, and so again, you know, they had to kind of react on the fly cause they had a curfew of 11 o'clock. Um, and, you know, they, they cut some things and, rearranged some things and uh you know some of the drivers and in, in especially some of the divisions um kind of took the brunt of those you know adjustments on the fly um and so entry fees were refunded and uh dalton did the best that he could to uh try and appease the situation and then the next day on sunday he made some tweaks to the schedule to hopefully make sure that the program got in on time and it would have except that we had a really nasty uh, rain shower thunderstorm come through right at the end that uh, knocked the, I think it was the front wheel drive feature that didn't get in. But um, everybody, everything else got in. Uh, there was some fantastic racing. It was great to see the debut of the ADRA Super Late Models. That's a division that Dalton has started. They made their debut um, for the first time at Charlotte. And Brandon Overton just uh, walked away with it. It was, uh, <laughs> he was hooked, man. That was, uh, that was really something to watch, quite honestly. Brandon, um, Brandon knew what he was doing. And uh, by the time it came to feature time, 
he was all over it and uh, definitely hooked up and flying. So um, nice to see him get the win. Um, and again, uh, you know, Tim McCready, Michael Chilton, Dale McDowell, uh, Derek Ramey, your top five. I was really impressed with Derek, uh, local driver competing against some of the best in the country. And uh, Derek was real strong early in the day and, um, you know, didn't quite have what he needed in the feature to compete with some of the big boys, but uh, boy, he did a nice job. So uh, big time props to Derek Ramey for representing the, uh, the locals in the Charlotte area very, very well in that race. That was a, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Trent Ivy was uh, top five early as well. And then um, ended up with uh, some sort of a mechanical issue and uh, put him, put himself out of the race. Um, but um, there were, on Saturday, just to give you an idea of the car counts, I'm just going to take the American All-Star Series alone, American All-Star Series late models alone, 64 on Saturday and 57 on Sunday. And so they were easily over 100 cars both days, just a lot of cars. And um, again, great to see new promoters coming in, trying different things, that uh, ADRA show was 20,000 to win, so a lot on the line, uh, and it was it was a lot of fun. All the divisions put on really, really strong racing, and uh, can't wait to see Carolina Sizzler 2 next year. I'm sure it'll be even bigger and better. Uh, I thought Dalton Lamb and his group did a nice job. You know, the first time you do something is always, you know, just that's the first time. And you get the benefit. You can you can plan it, and you can you can do all the research, and you can spend all the time pre-planning and doing everything else um, that you want to do. But the thing is, until you actually do it in real time, for real, uh, you never know what's going to happen. And of course, weather can throw a monkey wrench. A lot of things can can happen that you can't really plan for. And so I, I thought that Dalton and his group did a really nice job from Saturday to Sunday to make adjustments where they were needed. And they made sure that they didn't have the same issues Sunday that they did on Saturday. And despite uh, storms, bad storms being all around the area, the greater Charlotte, Lake Norman area all afternoon and evening on Sunday. Uh, they kept the show moving. And because the drivers cooperated so well in most of the divisions to be ready well ahead of when they were supposed to be on the track, they were in line. Um, they actually got all but the, I think, just the one race in. And uh, there was no coming back from the rainstorm that hit. First of all, they would have been well past curfew. But second of all, <laughs> The track, I'm sure, was soaked. Um, you know, driving down uh, 485, headed toward home, uh, I couldn't even see in front of me. It was uh, that bad. It was a blinding rainstorm, nasty, nasty rainstorm. So um, congratulations to Dalton and the group. Uh, go to Grassroots Sports TV and check out what they have to offer. They do a lot of uh, coverage, and not just of racing. There's high school sports and other things on there, too. It's really entertaining. 20 bucks a month is all it is. So um, go check that out and, uh, and, and watch some racing on there. And keep track of the ADRA Super Late Model Series, brand new uh, series 
But uh, all the series really put on good shows on Sunday that I saw and I watched on Saturday. I thought the coverage was outstanding. I was obviously at the track Sunday not watching the stream, so, you know, can only assume that it was at least as good (laughs) as it was on Saturday. Um, I thought they did a nice job overall. It was very impressive to see that. It takes a lot. For those of you who have never promoted a show, I have at numerous tracks. I've had several years of promotional experience between tracks and series. And I'm going to tell you, the amount of work that it takes before the show and then during the show and then even after the show that it takes um, is extraordinary. So um, always happy to see someone uh, do as well as I think Dalton and his group did, or I hope they did on Saturday and Sunday, and great to see the turnout of drivers, some of the biggest names in the country coming out to support, and I suspect that next year we may see even more. So um, really, really happy about that. So congratulations, uh, Dalton, and uh, to your entire staff, and thanks for your hospitality on Sunday. Really, really appreciate it. Now, uh, before we cut out of here, I want to talk about uh, something else that – I thought was really cool all summer long, really, for the last uh, six weeks or so. And this doesn't directly relate to the uh, southeast, I suppose, but it does relate to grassroots racing. So um, we're going to talk about it, and that is the SRX series, the uh, Superstar Racing Experience series that CBS covered, Ray Evanham, Tony Stewart series. Um, They put on six weeks of, I thought, really fun, really entertaining really insightful, really unique, and mostly competitive racing. Um, The last race was this past weekend. Tony Stewart was crown champion, and Chase Elliott uh, racing against Bill Elliott. Now, Bill Elliott had a horrible first few races in the series and slowly kind of got better. Um, And then the other night, he won his heat, and... I, you know, looked like he was going to contend in the feature. He and Chase had just started to go at it for a few laps, and they had a caution, and they had a restart, and uh, Bill just got a little uh, too excited going into the corner and um, slipped up high a little bit, uh, dropped back a spot or two. Chase took the lead, and that was all she wrote. Uh, Nobody was going to catch Chase after that, and so uh, Bill ended up, I think, third in that one, uh, did a really nice job. Um, just fun to see Elio Castroneves was absolutely, uh, just worth the entire price of admission, which for those of us watching, it was zero. Um, but, uh, that, that one, uh, backhanded insult, it was to say that we really had, uh, we were blessed because Elio was just hilarious and really excited. And, you know, uh, it was fun, <laughs> fun to watch Haley Deegan and, uh, Paul Tracy developed a quick rivalry. Uh, I think Paul hit every car on the track at least four or five times over the course of the six races. Um, I don't know if he hit the pace car or not, but that was about the only thing he missed. Um, he just uh, really had trouble with the short track oval stock car thing. But um, for the most part, I thought the rest of the drivers were all very uh, entertaining, very fun to watch. Uh, everybody had a good time. And, you know, we saw some locals really shine. Doug Kobe in the first race got the win at Stafford. And then uh, Luke Fenhouse a couple of weeks ago, a couple of races back uh, at Slinger, got the win. That's his own tracker. Sorry, finished second, didn't win, finished second. Um, And uh, 
and got a ton of attention from it. Now, for those of you who missed this, Kobe ended up being paired with Mike Beam as his celebrity crew chief in that first race at Stafford. Now, Mike Beam is one of the top brass at GMS Racing, and uh, Kobe came out of that race with a truck ride at Bristol. Now, that didn't happen just because he won. It wasn't a guaranteed prize. It was more, you know, Kobe and Beam kind of talking and working together and, um, you know, Kobe saying, man, I'd love to try that. And Beam saying, yeah, we should. And uh, they put it together. So uh, Doug Kobe actually going to Bristol to uh, compete in the truck series race coming up there a little bit later in the year. And that should be a whole lot of fun. Kobe's had good success there in the modifieds. So uh, it, it won't be a new track for him. It'll just be the truck will be the only thing that's new. And uh, I suspect that Doug will adapt quite nicely. He's, um, you know, he's, he's a veteran racer and uh, been around a long time, has a good feel for race cars and setups and all of that. So I suspect that uh, his driving style will play very well into the truck series race. And if they give him a truck capable of running up front, um, I uh, would not be at all surprised to see Kobe in the mix at uh, Bristol. So that was cool. And I think Luke Fenhouse, his second place run a couple of weeks ago at Slinger for just being 17 years old, um, got him a ton of attention. And so that may not pay off for him right away, but I think in the course of time that if he continues to run the way he's running in the late model, I think over time you will see that that will pay off for him in spades and that eventually he's going to get an opportunity because somebody saw him run that race and then continued to watch him after that. So the SRX series really did a nice job, and I would suspect that perhaps next year even more emphasis on local drivers, I, I would guess. Uh, still going to keep it to 12 from what Ray says, no more than 12 cars a race. They may add a road course just to maybe make it a little more enticing for um, they want to bring a couple of F1 guys over. That could be a lot of fun. Could you imagine Max Verstappen, for example, in one of these cars? <laughs> you know, could you imagine? I, I don't know if Lewis Hamilton would do it, but, you know, somebody like a Verstappen who is so exciting to watch, you know, uh, there are there are a couple of drivers of that F1 series, actually, that uh, – that could be a lot of fun in these cars. Uh, and so um, could be fun to see those guys compete a little bit, but um, I just think it was a, it was a good series and congratulations to Ray and to Tony Stewart and everybody that was involved in putting that together. And thank you CBS uh, for agreeing number one to do that, do that live and take that chance. They got really good ratings for their, uh, for their efforts. And I thought that the coverage and the way that they covered it with the live in-car conversations during the race was, that was phenomenal. I thought, obviously, the choice of Alan Bestwick, who I think is a world-class play-by-play announcer, uh, broadcaster, I thought the choice of him as the lead broadcaster was perfect. Um, James Hinchcliffe, uh, did a phenomenal job in the few times that he got to be the, a sidekick. Um, 
you know, everybody on pit road did a great job. Uh, you know, just really the, the drone that they used and the different uh, camera angles and things that they were doing. Uh, I just thought it was very, very innovative and creative and uh, very interesting to watch from a fan's point of view. And so, you know, again, all around, I thought it was great. And I suspect that uh, we might see a couple of more races in that series next year. But again, keeping it to 12 cars, and they did talk about potentially a, you know, some type of road course. Um, but uh, who knows? We'll have to see how that uh, develops. So I uh, just thought I would throw that in as we go to wind things up here. I want to say, um, a, I want to give a special nod to uh, the folks from Victory Custom Trailers. Chris Hedinger was a racer. Put his ra- He's put his racing aside. His daughter, Katie, is uh, the racer now in the family, Current, currently uh, making her way up the late model ranks. She has progressed in the past year from uh, limited late models to pro late models with the Carolina Pro uh, Late Model Series that uh, is based here in the Carolinas to um, super late model, or not super, sorry, late model stocks. She has run uh, a stock race or two at uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, I think. And uh, Katie's done a great, great job. But uh, Victory Custom Trailers has about every trailer, type of trailer uh, you could imagine. And if they don't have it on the lot, they can build it. Now, you want to give them a call. Go to their website, victorycustomtrailers.com, and then get their phone number from the site. It's right on the homepage, along with the Design the Trailer button. You can actually design your own trailer right from the homepage of their website. So, Uh, Go there, check that out, give them a call if you need a trailer for any reason, not just to pull race cars in. They have all kinds of trailers. That's why I said they have virtually any kind of, uh, um, you know, trailer that you can imagine. Um, Katie was on our show uh, once last year and was, uh, uh, she was on a few times, but uh, the the, the one appearance she spent uh, uh, some time making us laugh by telling us that her, um, her infatuation at that time was designing cow trailers. So uh, if you got cows, um, you know, call and ask for Katie. She'll design you a great looking, a great looking, highly functioning cow trailer. Um, but uh, horses, cows, construction equipment, uh, ATVs, whatever, uh, whatever you, whatever you got, whatever you need to um, put into a trailer and pull it. Um, that um, <laughs> that's what Victory Custom Trailers is here for, and they do a great job both from the sales and service end. They are friends of mine, and I can attest from having been inside uh, their trailers just how nice they are from a finish standpoint and uh, the versatility that they can offer in terms of how they build it out for you if you want to do something that's different than the -the on-the-lot variety. So victorycustomtrailers.com. Also, thanks to the good folks at mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. Uh, go check them out. Free career uh, evaluation. If you want to uh, change careers, my computer career may be your answer. It is not rocket science. It is my computer career. Just go check them out. We will be back next week with another episode of Lead Lap. We will have exclusive coverage of the double header from the summer shootout. 
And uh, who knows who else may be uh, jumping on board. We've got some interesting guests that we're trying to get lined up here from both dirt and pavement, some big racing over the weekend. And uh, we got a big one coming up in two weeks at uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, the uh, throwback 276 uh, for the Cars Tour. Hickory, Cars Tour coming back to Hickory uh, right at the end of the month, the final Saturday of July. So uh, we'll have coverage of that as well. But um, looking forward to next week's show. Thanks for being uh, a listener of ours, and we hope that you will share this show with all of your fellow racing friends and fanatics so uh, they can join the party as well. Um, and make sure you give us a like or follow whatever uh, the social media offers on Facebook and Twitter at Lead Lap Show, at Lead Lap Show on both Facebook and Twitter. I'm Tom Baker. It has been my pleasure to talk with you again for another week. Look forward to next week. Have a safe one, everybody. We'll talk soon. So long. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by Victory Custom Trailers, the leaders in custom trailer sales and service. Design your own custom trailer at VictoryCustomTrailers.com. Lead Lap Radio is a race chaser media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit RaceChaserMedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing.